Righto, you legends, before we rip into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd firstly like to thank our major sponsor, Country Tracker Caps, for the continued support of the podcast. You will find their merchandise at thecountrycompanies.com or if you'd like to design your own cap, head to countrytruckercaps.com. Knuckles has fired up a discount code for the pallbearers. Type in Deadass at the checkout to receive your discount. That is D-E-A-D-A-S-S. Welcome to the Deadass Podcast. Alright, well, um, welcome back to another episode of the Deadass Podcast. I'm your host, Risey, where we capture eulogies, share stories um, about life and all the bits and pieces that come with it. Good times, bad times, all the above. And today I've got a guest with me, Jody. Jody Tickle. Hey. Uh, lovely to meet you. You too. Um, we actually got chatting over the socials about uh, about the podcast, and you were discussing with us about um, about about death and stuff like that, and about yep. so many how you're related to it with your professions over the years and mm-hmm. bits and pieces that you do. Um, and I found that quite interesting about some of the things that we discussed. Um, and so I'd love to hear a bit about your life, about those things that we discussed, um, and then we could share some stories and bits and pieces about that. Yeah. So firstly, like, so whereabouts were you you're originally from and where you grew um, up and bits and pieces? So I've been in Queensland five years and yeah. originally from the Hunter Valley in okay. New South Wales. Yeah, My sure. husband is from northern New South Wales. Yeah, so right, yeah. We met and lived down there, um, moved overseas for a little while, came back. Um, and we moved here going on five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, right. From Tamworth. Okay. And how how do you like it here? Love it. Love it. Love Rockhampton. Yeah. yeah. I I was really hesitant to move here because we moved here for his job to start with. And sure. I um said, No, I'm not going. All my family and friends are here and I loved my jobs. Um anyway, we ended up here and yeah, love it. I won't go back. Did you have did was there any uh have you heard stories about Rocky or anything like that before you come here? Like, because some people are no. under the impression that it's a bit of a shit show. <laughs> no, see, we travelled a lot because yeah. my husband rode bulls. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, he was a bull rider. So we'd been to Rocky quite a few times, just, yeah. you know, came out for an event and went home and we had friends here. We knew people, sort of, he knew people here that he used to ride with. So sure. um, we sort of knew what it was like. We came up for four days before we moved here um, yeah. to ha- without the kids to have a look around and, yeah, we said, oh, well, we only get offered these opportunities, you know, when they pop up and sure. you should take them. So, yeah, yeah fair enough. So, so did, was your – did you transfer your in your position field what you specialise in as well or – No, so I – randomly applied for a job. So I'm, I'm a nurse. I've been yep. a nurse for almost 20 years and a midwife for six. Yeah. Um, I applied for a job at the private hospital and I had a phone interview. So I already had that job Okay. before I came here. But um, before I moved here, I worked in a jail as corrections oh, nurse. Oh, correction. Wow. Yeah. Cool. It was so great. I loved that job. I also still did my emergency and maternity, but I just picked up extra. Sure. In the jail, something different. I like to do different things all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my husband to 
to play the card of getting me here said, there's a jail there. <laughs> um, he's, and I've always wanted to do retrieval nursing, so okay, flight right. nursing, which is why I went back and did maternity, like my midwifery studies. Yeah. Um, because I've always been critical care. So he said, there's also an RFDS base there. And I went, oh, okay. And I emailed the manager of that and the jail and I was offered a job at the jail when sure. I got up here. So I already had the job at the hospital, was offered that job. I think it was three days. Um, the RFDS messaged back and said, we don't have any positions available at the moment, um, but, you know, we'll keep your resume on file. Wow. I think it was three days before we moved here and I got an email saying a casual position had become available. Please come and see them when I got here. Could have timed that any better. I know, right? Yeah. So um, moved up here in the December of 2018 and then by February I was flying. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's got awesome. the job. Um, thought it was the best thing yeah. Ever because this is what I'd worked. I'd been to uni for six years and worked so hard to get to this position. Um, and, yeah, it was good. Oh, good on you. Didn't and end up going to the jail. You didn't end up going no, to the jail at all? It was because yeah. we lived out of town on a farm, so it was 40 minutes travel um, for me and I yeah, didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, fair enough. What was the experience like in those years flying, uh, doing the flying stuff? That would have been unreal. Yeah, it was good. So I finished... I did it for three years, um, had some really good experiences, yep. some really shitty experiences. Mm -hmm. um, it probably wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Okay, sure. So if you've ever seen the first season of the show that was on TV the last year, nothing like that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no. Um, because here we really only do tertiary or transfers from – hospital to hospital, yeah, okay. it's very, it can, can get a little bit monotonous. Yeah, okay, um, sure. You know, 90% of our patients we fly to Brisbane are cardiac patients. Yeah, sure. So, because okay. there's just not the facilities here to service them all. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just sick people coming yeah, okay. in. So, you yeah. know, a lot of trips from Emerald and the smaller communities back to Rocky that need an ICU or higher acuity care. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, I, I mean, it sort of it makes sense actually when you think yeah. about it. So um, I got a little bit, yeah. Well, you said yourself that you like to keep things interesting. I guess, yes. like, you know, and I guess yeah. that's probably why. Yeah. Um, where did you start? Where was your first? Where was your first run of being a, a nurse? Where did, where did you originally start it? I so I remember my dad when I told him I wanted to go to uni to be a nurse. I'd already moved out of home by then. I was a mature age student, so yeah, I sure. went when I was. I think I started when I was 22, start, yeah. started uni. Um, and he laughed at me because I was a child growing up that had the biggest phobia of needles and anything <laughs> medical. Like it took yeah. – I had to have a penicillin injection in the bum yeah. on Christmas Day and I was about – I must have been about 12, mm -hmm. 10 or 12. It took six people to hold me down Holy just to have this smokes. one shot. So everyone laughed at me. Anyway, I, I did that. Um Went through uni, loved it. I just had this feeling that I needed to help people and do yes. something more with my life yes. than I was working in a motel like reception and yeah, sure. being a receptionist. Um, yeah, so I finished uni. My husband was riding bulls. We moved to America. I picked up two units at university so we could get a 
long visa. Like oh, a, wow. So he came on my visa and we, because I was studying technically, yeah. um, we could work as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I worked in a um, large trauma hospital over there and I also did some work in on the Native American reservations. Oh, wow. What were they like? Yeah, it was cool. Was it that was cool? Really cool? So I looked after an elderly lady. Uh, she was Navajo and wow. she would have been late 80s. 90s um she actually transferred her we transferred her into hospital and yeah. her name was many goats <laughs> that was her legal name and she didn't speak a word of english and we had navajo translators and yeah and, and that was literally because that was the first thing they saw when she was born you think is i that didn't what, ask that's yeah, like whether her family were well to do when they had goats i don't know but her name was wow, many goats that's amazing yeah, yeah. it was oh, really you, cool you hear about it but you don't really no, no, you know what I mean? Like you don't really know about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's actually hear it from someone, seen it firsthand or yeah. spoken to someone from them firsthand. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so what was that? What was the experience like? Where, was it on the reservation? Like actually on the reservation? So we, I or? lived, we lived in Arizona and we, I would travel out with the community nurse um, yeah, sure. out to the reservations and do healthcare assessments and yeah. stuff. Um, and then most of my time was spent in a big trauma hospital. What at, was that trauma uh, hospital like? Oh, it's... The things that we have now in our healthcare system, they had then 20 years ago. You're kidding So me. where I worked, because every, it's private, everyone has to pay hey. and people get turned away if they don't have any money, which is really sad. Um, but like their beds, all their beds were electric mm -hmm. and they had scales in them. So if the pac patient was on daily weighs, you wow. just hit a button on their bed and it weighed them. Wow. Um, everything was electric. Computer notes, every bed had its own computer next to it so you write your computer notes um and then i came back here to a rural hospital in new south wales and i was still like bend down and crank the handle to wind yeah. the back of the bed up and wow yeah and we're still using paper notes yeah of course yeah. yeah yeah well how long did you end up doing that stint there at the uh so we were there for a year um my husband was writing for the professional bull riders the yeah, pdr sure. um he's going pretty good actually and then got in a bad wreck in Canada and oh, compound fractured his legs. Holy smokes. Spinal injuries, dislocated his elbow and his shoulder. And Holy shit. So we recovered him. That was in the October. And we recovered him till he was <laughs> well enough. Um, we had, it was cheaper when we bought our tickets. We were only young. Yeah. Um, to get, they were called around the world tickets. So you got five stops around the world, but you couldn't, you had to go anti-clockwise around the world, you, <laughs> but you had to go, your next stop had to go forward. Like you uh, couldn't okay. come back. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we used those. So we had a trip planned around Europe and um, we went to Canada and um, Europe and England and I made him go. He was still on a crutch. He still had like one crutch. Oh, no. <laughs> still had like bung leg and it wasn't. Oh. He'd rehabbed as much as he could. You're but kidding. I made him and we went to Germany. Yeah. Hired a motorhome and I'm not very good at driving motorhomes or in traffic. And he was driving around Germany in a motorhome with one bung leg. Yeah. Nearly, oh, got, nearly got into a fight. Oh, really? He said, I thought I was going to have to get out with his crutch and hit someone. <laughs> Flog someone with his oh. crutch. Anyway, by, by the time we got to England, he mm. threw his crutch away and he said, I'm not using that anymore. Anyway, yeah. So wow. we were over there for that. that Does long. he still do that now? Does he still do bull riding now? No. So because we're both 45. Yeah. A bit past it now. Yeah, um, fair enough. We came 
home. He rehabbed at home here, had another couple of surgeries. I think he had a year or 18 months off and then started riding again. He only rode then for another couple of years and retired. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And what's he, what's he doing now for his spare time? Um, not not something as no. not something as crazy as bull riding. No, so we then started. He he's always grown up with horses. Okay. Um, so we started rodeoing at the other end of the arena. So oh, he cool. was team roping. I oh, rope, cool. roped a little bit. We played polo cross. All oh, cool! Sports. Wow, um, that's awesome. So now we just have. Um. So we still have bucking bulls, yep. but um, we just compete with them as futurity bulls. So they yep. don't okay. have a rider on them. So we train them with like a dummy it's called a box an electric okay. box yeah yeah have you have uh just yourself and your husband have just grown up around that whole i didn't i'm a townie oh really so I okay came from a town always played sports always went camping and would, yeah. did country things but never lived on a farm so he has grown up around um, it yeah and on, he introduced you to it sort of in a yeah, way yeah friends friends at school yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah oh cool that's awesome um yeah, I, I, that's scary. I've seen that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> me, yeah. Me watching it, you know, like, um, yeah, I find that that's uh, pretty pretty, pretty nuts yeah. what everyone, everyone in that sort of industry does. Uh, and, like, you know, it's probably good that uh, his wife is a critical care nurse yeah. <laughs> at the time Yeah, he got too. some good rehab. So um, he had to have a double hip replacement 18 months ago. Wow. He needed one when he was 30. Wow. And um, they wouldn't do it because he was too young. So sure. he had that done, yeah, 18 months ago here in Rocky at both at the same time. So, wow. yeah, I had – we rehabbed him through that. Did, did – when you were um, – so when you finished with your – so you're rehabbing at work and rehabbing at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, when you finished your, when you finished doing it with the RFDS, what, what went – where did you go to next after that? So I still work at the hospital. Um, I work at the private hospital and still do emergency and maternity. Oh, so, okay, wow. Yeah, I just, okay, cool. um, I felt really sad about leaving because I'd worked so hard to get to that position and I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Yeah. For the last six months, I just didn't want to go to work. Long shifts, mm -hmm. we were doing, sometimes we'd do 14-hour shifts. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't enjoying it. And my husband had like a really full-on demanding job and I have, sure. we have three kids of our own and sure. um, we were, I was struggling yeah. To fit it all in, and so yeah, and I thought it makes I'd sense. Just, I'd had enough of really sick people. Yeah. Oh, I'd look, that's completely understandable yeah. because I'm sure it's a it's an emotional strain on you as well, personally. Because and then you know, I'm guessing you would. I'm only guessing here, but I would assume that you start building up these relationships with those people you care yeah. from, you see them. You know, unfortunately, some of them pass away. Yeah. Um, and, and then it affects you personally. Yeah. Um, yep. and then some of those ones that you're dealing with, uh, you're fighting a losing battle, you know, it's imminent. There's, there's nothing that yep. you can do about it. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people in my industry, they'll come up to me and they'll say, you know, how do you, how do you do your job? How, yeah. how can you do it? And I said, well, to be honest with you, a lot of it is when we arrive, it's already happened. Yes. You know, we're there, we're there past, you know, we're there after the event's taken place. We're not the ones that have to go through seeing that person dying. Yeah. We're not the ones that have found that person dead. We're not the ones that are having to try and save that person's life. 
we're coming after the event. So yeah. we don't have – unless we have a personal attachment to that person, we know them personally, any other time really we're there to do our job. Yeah, you know? it's so just a job. It's just a job mm. in, in the way in, without, without being cold – that's at that first point. That's what. Yeah. It's, and then you do build up those relationships with the families and stuff when you do the uh, when you do the funeral and whatnot. But that initial part. So when and then so I go okay well um, but you know my hat goes off to the paramedics, the nursing Absolutely. staff, the wardies, the people who are there caring for those people, mm. building up those relationships with them, see them all the time, and then having to deal with the event of them passing away. And I'm sure yeah. you've probably dealt with lots of those, hey? Yeah, so one of the hardest things, I mean, we transferred some really sick people that we weren't even going to, sh- and myself and a doctor, we weren't sure they were going to make the flight. Wow. To Brisbane, which is an hour and 40, yeah. you know. Um, and the hardest flight I did, and I have her permission to talk yeah, about sure. this because she's a good friend of mine and I didn't know them at the time, I was flying, I, I got my list for the day and it was a um, young boy wow. who had, and I read his diagnosis before we accepted them onto the flight and he had Ewing sarcoma and I didn't even really know what that was. To be honest, I thought it was a benign sort of tumour growth. Yeah, okay. So I Googled it. Yeah. And it was a very rare form of cancer. Wow, okay. And this boy had been diagnosed only a couple of days before his flight and he was flying down to begin his chemo so treatment. Only a couple of days prior. Yeah. Wow. And they arrived at the airport in the ambulance and this yeah. boy looked well, besides a bandage on his leg because he'd had surgery to find out that it was cancer. Okay, sure. Um, and his mum was beside herself. Her name's Jackie. Yeah. Um, and she, she was really nervous about flying. Anyway, there was only her and Eli on the flight and myself. Yeah. And I spent, and he was the same age as my son. Uh, looked very similar, my middle boy. Mm-hmm. Same mannerisms. Mm. And I spent that entire flight looking out the window crying. Mm. And it was the most heart wrenching thing I have ever done. Yeah. That yeah. whole flight. And at the end of it, we got talking and um, we became good friends. And I said to her, Can I follow your journey and can I keep in contact with you? It's beautiful. Um, and she said, yeah, so I've followed, I followed their journey the whole way through, all his treatment. We did fundraising. Yeah. Um, he's their local Yapoon family. Yeah, sure. um, most beautiful family, Jackie Stew and Eli and Ella, little yeah. Ella. He had a little sister. Um, and sadly, he rang the bell. Yeah. Um, that he was cancer free yeah. and then sadly he passed away two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Coming oh, up in, at the end of August in a couple really? of weeks. And I never forget the day I. She messaged me to say that he'd passed. Like, oh, I was flying, yeah. And I spent that whole day. I nearly had to pull up, pull up, and mm. and quit for the day because, yeah, it was just I learned so much from that child, like, yeah. and that experience, and 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 and, and uh, the strength and the bravery and. Yeah, and I've never, and I found it really bizarre because I had never ever been that connected to a mm-hmm. patient before, yeah. and that involved in their life. Mm. Um, but I just had this connection, and I felt like I needed to help them. Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, yeah, so it was really hard, and it taught he taught me 
to be a better person. Yeah. To be a better mum, to be a better person in general, like, and not to take anything for granted. That's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, and we're still good friends. Really? Oh, yeah. good. That's great. Because, you know, that's, uh, you know, they're the ones that you, that, um, that really hit home, eh? Yeah. And I've had those situations where, yeah. not in that sense because, oh, well, I have, that's another day and another story. Um, one that I've actually told, but um, normal circumstances, you, like for us, we would see we would meet the family after the event. Yeah. So you know, like as sad as it is for us to hear it, normally we 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 don't understand exactly everything that that family has gone through what happened and dealt to get with there. And to get there. Yeah. yeah. So you know, for someone in yourself <clears throat> that did see all that. Um, I can yeah. un- I completely understand why you would um, yeah it was have a just, different outlook and appreciation for things yeah and it was just um, yeah a crazy attachment that mm-hmm. I I felt yeah of course definitely and, and I'd never experienced that before in my whole nursing career and yeah yeah and he just had this profound effect on me and everybody that he met. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't a bad mum by any means, but, you no. know, when the kids would have a school carnival and I had something planned and then they'd say, oh, I've got a school carnival, I, you know, most parents would go, oh, God, I've got to go to the school carnival, <laughs> yeah. watch yeah. my kid come last in a race, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, of course. Um, but not anymore. Yeah. Since meeting him and experiencing their story. That's beautiful. I spend as much time with my kids as possible now. Yeah. My yeah. oldest boy's just about to turn eighteen, and he's now off with his mates. And I'm like, "Oh, I raised you for seventeen years, and now you're just deserting me." <laughs> Normally, and I thought I would be like, "Yeah, go, go, yeah, let yeah. me be free." But yeah, no, course. I'm not. Now I'm like, "Oh, he's leaving me." My wife is very similar to that too, but she's yeah. um, she looks she's she's great with the kids, like fantastic, and. Even the older boys, you know, they're still mummy's boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. 100%. I yeah. Know. yeah. I know. But that's just good. That's good nurturing too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I, um, we have this, we have a, I do have, sometimes I do have a, a habit of, like what you said before, where you uh, almost put yourself in that person's shoes. Yes. Where, and yeah, I, I sometimes have a habit of doing that from, previous experiences mm. so both both my mum my mother and my my brother both committed suicide oh. and um so especially well, my mum was 10 years ago so leading up to that I've been in the funeral industry uh prior anyway but it wasn't until that event took place that I actually had more of an appreciation well when I say appreciation I mean more empathy towards the families that were going through something similar. Exactly. You know, yes. I I really didn't I didn't really, um, yeah, what's the best way to put it? <clears throat> I didn't really understand it properly until I actually experienced it myself. Yeah. And then have more of empathy for those people mm. that are going through that. Mm. So you know, that was the first time that I'd actually dealt with anything that was really traumatic uh, in my life. You know, I'd had. I had grandparents pass yeah, away from, from, can, yeah. uh, from cancer and stuff yeah. like that, but nothing, some, nothing like to that sort of magnitude. Whereas I'd done so many funerals mm. um, leading up to that, 
in the same situation, but not really having that same sort of empathy towards the family. And that was just purely because I didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know what it was like. You have to experience things. Yeah, you have. And there's, you know, unfortunately sometimes those are the experiences that um, you go through to have to understand and appreciate those things. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I understand exactly what you're saying with that. Um, Was there, when when you were doing your nursing stuff, I'm sorry, you're still active now, are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you're still active. uh, do you, was there any other, like, was there some pretty crazy stories going on there or did you, yeah, in so, particular? Um, and my kids told me I had to tell this story. Okay, really? Yeah, okay. So I was working in an emergency department in New South Wales in, down in the Hunter Valley. Yeah, and sure. had a guy come in once who had slipped on a Granny Smith apple. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No. Yes. Multiple stories like this. But. um, They always um, slip. Yeah, slipped. Slipped on a granny on a Granny Smith apple, mind you. It was quite large. So um, he needed surgery to extract that Granny Smith apple from a place where it shouldn't have been. Um, but multiple, the old sauce bottle, tomato sauce God, bottle. Tomato sauce bottle. Yeah, and he said, oh, I was climbing Jeez. through the kitchen window and I, I slipped and the sauce bottle went. You're, going through, go. you're going through the window naked, yeah, really? Yeah, uh, you know, you just go, oh, okay, yep, yeah. sure. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> the Granny Smith apple, but Granny of all Smith things. Apple. Uh, I have seen a steak knife. No. Yeah, where it shouldn't be, like on the x-ray. Uh, it was obviously surgical removal. Wow. Um, I had – this was before I was a registered nurse. When yeah. I was at university, I um, trained – I worked as an assistant in nursing in a nursing home. And so that's like – the lowest level in a nursing home you can do. So you yep. get all like the shit jobs, yeah, literally sure. the <laughs> shit jobs. Um, had this old fella in there who was 90 and let's just call him Fred. Okay, Fred. So Fred was 91. He was an ex-sailor. Okay, sure. Um, really quite rude. Had a little bit of dementia but still knew what he was doing. Yes. So you'd walk past and if you could hear the sheets uh. whacking, you'd just keep walking. <laughs> Yeah, and and this one day, so they you know they do activities. Yeah, this one day, so we'd wheel we'd get them up in the morning and they'd have a shower and we'd shower them and wheel them in for breakfast and then about mid morning they'd do activities. Mm. This one morning, they were making pikelets like little pancake things. Yeah, and then they got to eat them for morning tea before they then went and had a nap before lunchtime or whatever. And Fred had eaten all his. Pi- pancakes like little pikelets I thought he'd eaten them and I and I was wheeling him back to his bed and I said oh you must have been hungry Fred like you ate those pancakes and he said yes I did and he winked at me and started laughing yeah what's going on here anyway you have to they wear nappies yeah adult nappies if they're incontinent so I had to change his nappy before I put him to bed so I took his pants off and here he here was his pikelets scrunched around his old fella <laughs> they must have been warm or something and he's put them down there and he scrunched them up and they even had like the fingerprints in them no. and I was like okay uh, let's just clean you up here and he just laughed and laughed and laughed yeah. nothing like a like a hot yeah. pancake and I will or a hot never pikelet. forget that and I was like I can't I can't do aged care I just can't were they playing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I thought Louise. he was just really hungry, but anyway. Yeah, I, something was hungry. It wasn't the wasn't his appetite. No. Jeez. So, yeah, Louise. that was one story. Um, oh, that would have been, that would have, jeez. 
they're, they're funny buggers, eh? Yeah. When they, when you when you get them in the nursing homes, there some of them, eh? He used to um try and get all the young nurses into bed with him. Um, <laughs> he'd player, pull the eh? sheets back and say, "Come and come and hop in here, lovey." And I say, "Oh no, no, I can't, Fred. You know, I'm married." And and he'd say, "Oh, I'll be better than your husband, but can't get in here." Like, no, <laughs> I love his confidence. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, jeez. Yeah. What a champion. 91, yeah. eh? Trying, only, still yeah. trying to pull, trying, trying to win over women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Mm. Oh, that's unreal. Um, did you, did you, when you were, um, so from that, that you go into that, was it straight in the critical care after that or was that just part of the training um, for that? No. So I finished, then I, I finished uni, moved to the States, did some time there. Mm-hmm. Then when we came home, I worked at a small rural hospital. Oh, yeah, that would have been a, um, that would have been a lifestyle change in itself too, eh? Going from that, yeah, yeah, I uh, loved from, it. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, so mm. it was. Um, we had a medical ward. We did basic surgeries, a maternity ward, and a small emergency department, um, and day yeah day surgery. So I worked in theatres. I went. I worked in theatres. I I didn't do a post grad yeah. year. So okay. normally they do like an introduction to nursing post-grad year and you rotate through larger hospitals. I just went straight in as a first-year registered nurse. Okay. Um, and I worked in theatres for two years and I did my um, postgraduate degree in theatre nursing. Yeah, sure. So I did anaesthetics and recovery and I was getting bored because your patients are knocked out. Yeah. And you do the same thing over and over again. Um so then I changed to ED and then I just have been ED ever, ever since, since um, yeah. until I decided and then I did another postgrad degree in trauma and emergency nursing. Um, uh-huh. And then I thought I really want to get into flight nursing and yeah. doing the retrievals but I needed to be a midwife. So that's when I decided okay. to go and do another 18 months of uni which wow. I was working full time and doing that and doing that um, to become a midwife. Jeez, that would have been a that would have been a balance. Yeah, yeah, it was that was yeah. probably one of the toughest years of my life. Did, yeah. did you find as you got older though, like yeah, you're studying and stuff? Did you find that harder to do? No, or easier, easier, true. Yeah. You had more patience for it and stuff, didn't you? I think it's just when you've got because I had kids, um, it's just more structured, and you just. Yeah follow that routine sort of thing and I found I was working full-time and studying full-time and we had a farm and the kids were very active with sport and all three of them were at school I was just everything ran quite smoothly because I was more organized because I knew I had to be yeah of course get it done yeah that's yeah that's impressive itself hey to be able to do that um yeah so you went from the the rural thing came up to back up to here did that um that trauma stuff, what was that like? Was that, did you, in the ED and stuff, in the emergency? Love, that would have been, you love, love that? ED, yeah. Yeah, that would have been crazy. my place to go. So I've recently just, uh, I started a new job at a GP okay. practice oh, here. Cool. Um, I'm just doing two days a week and I thought I just needed a little, something more regular mm-hmm. with my bodybuilding at the moment because yeah. it's so structured and so strict. I thought I just needed those um that structured shift yeah, so sure. I could fit in my training around it because I knew when I was working and stuff. Yeah. But um and I still I've but I've still kept those casual shifts at the emergency and the maternity, A to keep my skills up. Yeah. And B because I miss 
that that side of it area. How long have you been doing the bodybuilding for? Um, two years. Two years. How are you going with that? Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. and what got you started in that? Actually, that's a good question. I so, love. 2019, um, I really struggled. Uh, I had some personal things going sure. on. It was just a shit year. Yeah. Um, hit some pretty dark spaces because sure. we'd just moved here. I knew nobody, had no friends, sure. no family here. They yep. were all 14 hours away. Uh, we were busy. My husband was working away a mm-hmm. lot. His job was so demanding. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I just need to do something yeah, and sure. meet some friends. Yep. And um, I was just scrolling through Facebook one day and, you know, those sponsored ads that just oh, yeah. pop up? Yep. Well, one popped up for Fitzroy Martial Arts. Oh, wow. Shout there we go. to Brant and Leah. Um, about a six-week challenge. Yeah, okay. And so I thought, I'm going to do that. So I went in and met Leah and met Brant and I signed up to do the six-week challenge and um, I think we'd only done it for a week or two and COVID hit. Uh, um, uh, no, it must have been after that COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah, so I met them and I just started training because I used to do kickboxing years yeah, ago, okay, like before cool. kids, before I was married. Um, yeah. My husband and I were together, but we weren't married. So I used to do that a bit down home. And then I stopped when we moved overseas. Um, so I just started with Brandon at Fitzroy Fitness doing the fitness classes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then I progressed and I thought I might just go back to boxing because I think I was 40 at that stage. Yeah. So I might just tr- go back to boxing. And I got Liam. Yeah, okay. Liam, Liam was my coach. Yeah, yeah cool. love Liam. He's, he's a top bloke. Okay. He's just the best guy. Um, I got some, did some PTs with him and started to get really loving my boxing again, not kickboxing, just boxing yep. and was, did a little bit of sparring, tried a bit of BJJ. Yeah. Um, like I told you, I got choked out <laughs> my yeah. first thing, got told I should never get on my back. Um, which was interesting, but it hurt. It yeah. hurt my body physically. Yeah, physically. Yeah. Um, you know, just like the throws getting thrown on my back on yeah. the mat and stuff. It just hurt afterwards. Yes. So I didn't really do that for sure. very long. Um, yeah, so I went from there. Then I thought I started to get really fit, loving life. Um, started to learn more about nutrition. Yeah. Um, and decided to do my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. Good on you. So I did that, which is pretty much just a tick and flick. I was um, going to say, because you would have, well, you, it's probably a lot of a bit of RPL there too, because a lot of yeah. physiology, what is it, anatomy? Anatomy and physiology. physiology yeah. yeah, so that would be all, you'd probably have a lot of RPL, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, but, but in like, it would have been a bit of a shoe in for you, because you would have been understanding a lot of that anyway. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, yeah, tick and flick pretty much. Yeah. I think I smashed it out in six weeks. Or Did something. you really? Yeah, yeah that's cool. Good. Yeah. Great. Um, and then I started doing a little bit of coaching over there yeah. at Fitzroy Fitness and, oh, nice. and just doing the fitness classes and box fit with yeah. um, for Brant and Leah when they needed someone. Um, and then I saw this, and then I I injured. I've got chronic um, wrist pain okay, from sure. boxing. Okay, uh, sure. So I sort of eased up on that a little bit and I have other injuries as well pr- from previous sports and stuff. Yeah. Um, I saw this, was scrolling through social media again. Yeah. I saw this picture of this lady in her 50s in a bikini ripped as jacked yeah. and I thought, she's 52, I can do that. Yeah. And I always like to challenge myself and, on, and yeah. give myself really hard things to do. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to have a go at that. So I started looking into it more. 
And then I found a coach who happened to be um, sort of a colleague of mine. Yeah. And we went from there. Oh, good on you. And, you, and, you, and you've done some competition and all that sort of stuff too, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, so we went – so I was being – from a cardio background, I was straight up and down, skinny. Yes. Straight up and down, no muscle because I was sure. road running all the time. I was in – I was I was training for a fight and okay, then I got sure. COVID. Yeah. Um, so I had to quit that because now I get asthma. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was straight up and down. So I had to, and I was eat, living on 1500 calories. You know, most women, yeah. it, that's what, that's, that's what we do. We eat yeah. 1500 calories, salads, live yeah, on yeah. salads because we think that's the way to stay skinny. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. Um, and then my, this coach that I employed, Dan, um, he said, no, we need to build, you need to build muscle. You need food to fuel muscle growth. You can't build muscle without food. So we started a reverse diet. So yeah. we gradually, he set my weight training program, cut out most cardio. Um, and then I started to increase my calories. Wow. So we sat, we increased my calories. I think I got up to 2,400 last year yeah. per day, which is like wow. massive. Yeah. I put on it. You, you have to put on fat. You can't yes, yes, do it course. without putting on some degree of body yeah. fat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we built and then. We prepped and we did two shows last year in Brisbane, which was really good. I ended up I was so nervous, I was so nervous because <laughs> it's not me and I was forcing myself out of my comfort zone. Like yes, what you course. see is what you get. I wear joggers, jeans, yeah. grew up in scrubs and shoot, like of joggers, yes. boots and jeans. Yes. So the thought of me wearing a bikini and sparkly, like I don't even wear makeup, and high heels on a stage with spotlights was just terrifying. Really? It would have been. It would have been terrifying. crazy. Yeah, I don't blame you. And all I kept saying was my first show, I said, oh, my God, I am going to be the old chick that falls over and breaks her <laughs> ankle and a boob falls out on the stage and I'm going to be forever known as that old chick whose tit fell out and she broke her ankle on the IMBA oh, stage. Yeah, okay. So because – I had to hire a posing coach. Of course, it's part of the routine, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it is by far, I will train 110% every yes. time. I love lifting weights. I love, I will train my guts out. But posing, oh, my gosh, it is the hardest thing you could ever do, I think. Well, you're constantly under tension, aren't you, for the whole time that you're posing. And, and you've got to try and smile at yeah. the same time and not fall over in yeah. your heels. And yeah, and then you've got to go to a routine and a rhythm and... Uh, seriously, I was like a drunk giraffe to start with. It was so like one bad. of those newborn giraffes. Yeah, just <laughs> so bad, so bad. I even look back now and go, "Oh God, what was I doing?" Yeah, I don't know what the judges saw, but I ended up winning. Um, so I went in the beginners and the over forties, the masters. Yeah. So I won the over forties in my yeah. first one. Um, and then my second show, my coach wanted me to do was a nationals, like a wow. nationals, straight up second show ever. Wow. Oh my God, I'm so out of my depth here. And I think I ended up with a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. That's unreal. National level. It. Yeah. National. Wow, that's impressive. And that was your second show in. Yeah. Holy so smokes. Then we've um, built. So we've spent, that was in October last year. So then we have to reverse out of it. So yep. because you drop your calories quite low, um, so I didn't go below 1,300. That was my my 
hard limit. I said, sure. I'm not going below that because it's only 1,200 calories we keep comatose patients on. Okay. Wow. Wow. So okay. I'm not going below that. So you don't want, yeah, you don't want, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I got down to 1,300 and I probably wasn't as lean as I should have been compared to everybody else. Um, so then we've reversed out of that and I built my calories up to 2,500, which is all so they calculate them in macros. So I have to eat a specific amount of protein, carbs, and um, fats per day. Yeah, and that would yeah. be that would be rigorous. And yeah, and so you have to track every single thing you put in yeah. your mouth. Not so much in the off season. Um, yeah. You still track it because obviously you don't want to go blow out too much, or you yeah, know, or not bulking on yeah shit food. Yeah, of course. Um, and I've learned so much about nutrition. Mm-hmm. So much. I. I'd really like to do a diploma of sports nutrition. True. Did you, do you have, is it hard to keep it strict? Because like you dig, you get the cravings and all of it's yeah, in pieces. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm seven weeks out from, or eight weeks and a couple of days out from my first show of this year. Wow. Normally people take, like have a year off yeah, in sure. between to build. Sure. So you can build muscle. Yes. Because it takes, because I'm completely natural. Yes. I, I, I mean, the sport is rife with, performance enhancing drugs. PEDs. But I only do the Natty Federation, so everybody's tested. Okay, sure. Um, And being, I'm 45, just turned 45, so um, it takes a long time to build the muscle. Yeah. But I said to my coach, I want to go again straight away because I know I can be better than I was last year. Yeah, good And it's not against anyone else, but I know I can do better. Yeah. So I just want to bring a better package than I did last year. And then I probably won't do it again because – I really love CrossFit and it's totally two different sports. So you love CrossFit too, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And you like that more? So I was very, I've always loved the concept of CrossFit. Yes. But I never did it because I've had so many injuries and I didn't think I would be able to do it. And I was having trouble in the middle of last year with a few of my lifts. I was having a lot of knee pain in my squats and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, shoulder pain and hip pain my big compound lifts. Yep. So I approached Marlo over here at Awaken. Yeah, sure. Best gym. Love it. Shout um, out to them. Shout out to Awaken CrossFit. Yeah. And um, said, can I just have some PTs? Can you just go through some lifts with me? Because I'm having trouble. And I was back to squatting 20 kilos and I was having pain. Sure. Um, and he said, oh, do you want to do CrossFit? And I said, no, nope, not interested in CrossFit. I'm not a CrossFitter. I'm a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did some PTs. He fixed pretty much all of my problems in a couple of PTs. Uh, went away, did my shows, came back, started training and I thought, I'm going to go to CrossFit. Went over there, joined, became a member and haven't looked back. I really? Love it. Good on yeah. you. And it's, I didn't realise that it's so easy to modify things to suit each individual. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So like I've been diagnosed with bursitis now in my shoulders. Okay, sure. Um, apparently caused from boxing, but debatable. Yeah. Could be from anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm limited in any overhead exercises. So, you know, when they're doing their snatches and stuff, I can't do them, but we just do other things instead. So Marlo will, I'll do cleans instead or. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if I've got a problem with my back, you know, he'll modify Mm -hmm. the workout to suit the individual. So you're sure. still getting a workout. You're still feeling included. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's not limiting you at all. No, that's good. Yeah, no, I um, 
I contemplated a couple of times. Never, I've never done a CrossFit class myself personally. Yeah, you should I've always, go. Yeah, I've always been an old school, go to the gym. It's addictive, um, but. I could imagine it would be. Well, I, you know, <laughs> every time I see them do a class, it's packed. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. Can, I, can see, I can see it would be. It's good. Sure. It's, um, yeah, I've really um, developed a feeling for my own body. Yeah, So sure. I'm not, I won't go, I'm not an ego lifter, so. I know my own limits. Sure. I know, you know, if someone come up to me and said, oh, come on, you can put an extra five kilos on that, I would say, no, I'm not. Yeah, because of course. Because I know what I can handle and what I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's good. Yeah, because I, like, I, I've never been, I've never, like, I'm much the same. I've never been an ego lift or anything. You know, I'm, I'm quite happy. I could quite happily just put, um, you know, 60, 60, 70, 80 kilos on the bench and just sit yeah. there and do that and yeah. be comfortable with that. Knowing that my shoulders and everything are going to be okay, I'm not going to be potentially yeah. straining them. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I always, I, the, I, the reason why I was going to do it was I just thought it'd be a good sort of all round general fitness for your body and a bit and a bit more um, overall strength and cardio and all that sort. Because I see that there's a fair bit of cardio involved in it too. Yeah, it's usually a, a, a concept of each. So you'll do a component of weightlifting mm-hmm. or. You know, sometimes they do bodybuilding sort of yeah, style sure. weights. Uh, and then you'll do like a metabolic conditioning portion, yeah. which is your cardio portion. So how long have you been doing that for? So I joined as a member in January, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, straight in, did the open, did the CrossFit open. <laughs> did you? I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> but they were like, come on, Jody, you can do it. And, you know, they said, every, you know, it's it's – very inclusive and I ended up, oh, I don't know, something ridiculous, 139th in Australia for my age You're division. You're kidding me. In the scaled. So yeah, I yeah, scale. Yeah. I didn't do like the weights that the athletes yeah. do and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I ended up 29th percentile or something in Oceania wow. or something stupid like that. I was like, yeah, this is really fun. I love I it. I can see that would be a little bit addictive in itself too. Yeah, you know, and it's like good to, you could sort of yeah. like step it up with the next one or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's good. Oh, good on you. And um, so, a couple more comps coming up, and then probably retire from that, and then continue on with your CrossFit. Eh? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not see, sure. See how you go with it. Don't know. So I'm um, and I'm coaching at Archer Street. I was going to say that. So, but you're doing coaching and stuff. Is that yeah, for the boxing? So is it? Or? When Branton, oh, before Branton Lee shut down, um, Liam wasn't able to do. PTs anymore with sure. com- job commitments. So I moved and my daughter was boxing at Archer Street. Okay. So then I moved to training at Archer Street and I chain- trained there with Jono. Yep. Um, love, love training there. It's really good as well. Um, and then he's had a couple of coaches leave and he said, you know, why, why don't you come and do a, yeah, sure. a few classes? And I said, oh, I don't think I'm qualified enough. Um, you know, I, I was – Doubted my own yeah, ability yeah. to be able to coach other people. Anyway, he he uh, convinced me to do it, and since then I've done my level one boxing coaching course with um, Boxing Australia. Good on you. Just done a judging and refereeing course with True. Boxing Australia. So, Gee, that's right. Yeah, so I've got a few more of few more events to shadow judge, and I'll be an accredited judge. And would that be something? Would that be something you would do? Yeah, I love judging. Do you? Oh, yeah, good on you. Don't I don't think I could ref. I'm yeah. Too animated to ref, sure. you know, because they're not supposed to speak and it's just hand signals yeah. like keep your head up and stuff and I'm way too animated for that. I'd be like, <laughs> you get back there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Keep it above the waist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
No, nah, that's good. One. That's cool. That's awesome. And how long have you been doing that for? That co- uh, the the coaching. I've only there. been coaching there since March. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I was coaching with Brent and Leah a yeah. little bit before then. So. How many times a week do you do that? Only Mondays. Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. Or I fill in. I've got a couple of extra days, a couple of extra classes coming up because yeah. there's some people away. So between between your um, your nursing, CrossFit, bodybuilding, boxing, coaching, you got a pretty strict. You got yeah. a pretty busy schedule there, and being a and then and I then complain, mum, wife. <laughs> I, I, then I complain like on the weekend. I say I'm just doing all the time, just doing, doing, doing. <laughs> it's probably yeah. my fault, really. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Yeah, I uh, the one, but uh, so from that point, this is this is the part I'm actually really excited. and I want to talk to you about, and please feel free to let me know yep. how much you want to talk about it, or you can just just tell me no, I don't want about it. Um, so when we're talking about our conversation, when we're talking about conversation, we're talking about death, death yep. in general, and about how much of it that your uh, your profession is involved with it, yep. being what you've been doing for the years of critical care nurse and stuff like that. And then you know, and we were talking about, <clears throat> um, and I get this quite a lot, and people ask me the same thing. Um, that, you know, in the funeral industry, when I'm dealing with death. Um, there's these times that I'm actually spending a lot of time with the deceased patients. So the, the time that I'm spending maybe preparing them for the funeral, accompanying them on the funeral, conducting the funeral, and then also finalising the disposition. So it could be the cremation or the burial, whatever the case may be. Mm. So a lot of people, they, you know, they ask me things. So even like when, for example, like when I do my Harley hearse, I've got a Harley hearse, you know, I, I put the deceased on the, on the bike and uh, take them for a ride. I go to the, I might go to the, do the funeral. I might even take them a lap around Rocky. Yeah. Whatever you know might be yeah. the case. So there's a lot of time that I'm spending with these deceased patients, uh, deceased people. Sorry. Um, and uh, the question gets asked, like they go, you know, do you do you talk to them? Do you do you feel like they're watching you? Do you get this vibe of, you know, that are they there? Are they there? Yeah, yeah that's right. And. Uh, so my point, the, I guess probably the best way that I could explain it for myself personally and what I've said before in the past is that I think there's certain things in life that people uh, are willing to accept only if they're in tune with what's going on. Yes. Okay, so for instance, for me personally, like I don't have – I haven't had someone turn – I haven't turned around to me and had a conversation with someone. Never had that experience with me before. Yeah. Whether it's because I'm in tune with it or not, that's – I'm not too sure. But I've had certain situations where things have happened where I've gone, uh, that's – come on. Is that's that a, a coincidence? Is that a coincidence? Yeah. Come on. Like this is a little bit yeah. – or, you know, I might get this little sense of like, you know, like – the, the best one I can explain is I had, and I've explained this before, um, where, you know, I might be doing a, a preparation and, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I chat to them in a way like I'll be like, you know, oh, I hope you don't mind me doing this, you know, like, but, you know, being, you know, just being nice when I'm moving. Like, oh, I'm sorry, mate, just trying to be gentle, you know, and then, yeah. you know, like you get this little satisfaction sense in the back of your, back of your thought or, you know, you feel like, done the right thing for him or something yep. like that. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, you get these little little moments there. But, you know, then that's what you said to me, that that you yourself have these sort of things. Yes. Yeah, so a few people know. Yeah. But. um. So I'll let you explain to me what, how you would like to explain it. 
I'm intuitive. Yes. I've had that my whole life. Um, and I guess, yeah, t- people would know it as mediumship. So, yeah, yeah, um, sure. I have had communications with spirits that have yeah, passed. Sure. Yeah. And like, and how would you explain that? Would you explain it in like verbal conversations or would it be no. just, yeah, like visual? What, what, how so would you there's explain different it? ways that people can receive communication from the spirit world or sure. whatever you want to call it, the yeah. higher beings, whatever sure. people want to call it. Um, there's four different ways. So mm-hmm. you can be visual, you can yep. hear them, mm-hmm. uh, you can just as a knowing. Yes. Um, and then there's a feeling. Sure. So most of my messages come from visions. Sure. Or they talk to me. Wow. But not externally. Sure. It's internally. Sure. It's very hard to explain. Yeah. No, no, yeah. please. I'm look, I'm 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 very open with this sort of stuff. Yeah. Because and I'm, I'm and I'm not one to be a skeptic because I think it's very hard I think it's very um ignorant of people to be very skeptical of people's what people experience without you yeah. knowing what they experience because there's, certain th- there's a lot of things that we don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> and how are we to know unless we've experienced them ourselves? Yeah. And I, I, I don't tell many people that I can do that. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. People look at you like you're a whack job. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's I know. It might that, be that, a little bit, but um, no. But I mean, yeah. look, even like you know, like you said, and I don't try and push it onto people either. That's, that's, that's your, your own belief. Personal, that's yeah. Your of belief. course it is. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So. You know, in one of those, we'll see that sort of two of those sort of things that we discussed would be probably my perception of what I feel. Like what I feel from things that I've been doing in the funeral industry Mm -hmm. and um, uh, what was that? So there was the visual. Seeing, hearing, hearing, feeling, knowing. Knowing. Knowing and feeling. That would probably be the two ones that I would explain. Feeling's probably the most common one. Yeah. That you can have. Mm -hmm. Um. And knowing. So I just know things sure. about people without knowing why I know them. Yeah, sure. So someone messaged me, the uh, put up a post on Instagram the other day and said they've applied for a TV show. Yeah. And I immediately said, gladiators. Yeah, really? I don't know where that came from. I just yeah. knew that that is, what it was. Uh, and I said, is it gladiators, LOL? And they said, yes, it is. I can't, like, how did you, you know? As you know. You, know. you got it or something. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I didn't even know it was making a comeback. I don't even really know the show. I just knew that that's what it what was. It was. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's crazy. Like it's crazy that you can think that. You know, it, uh, it just comes. It just comes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah, intuitive. Is, that, is yeah. that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not good with the fancy So words. that's like, <laughs> that's claircognizance. Is so that clairvoyance what it is? is okay, seeing, sure. clairsentience is feeling, clairaudience yeah. is hearing, and claircognizance is like just knowing. Okay, wow. Um, that's good to know because like I, yeah, you know, like I've never really said that stuff myself personally either. Like, you know, people ask me all the time. I say, oh, yeah, no, look, I, I get these little things here and there. Yeah. I get these little feelings and stuff that something's going on. It's good to have a little bit of reassurance in that myself personally really. So like your gut feelings, you know? Yeah, gut feeling, yeah. yeah. That's intu- intuition usually. Yeah. You all should always trust your gut. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had any did anything there that sort of just just goes, whoa? Um, or do you have any – have you had anything like where you go, 
Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was first. And yeah, how do you, sorry, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. How do you. How did I find how did, out? Yeah, how did you, how does that come about? Like it's not. So I've always had this belief ever since I was a child, death has never worried me. Yeah, sure. Um, I've always just felt like our body was just a shell. Yeah. And. Like, and I always equate, I could never explain it when I was younger. And I always equated it to like a hermit crab, you know. The yes. crab is our spirit and then when, our soul. Yeah. And then once it's outgrown the shell, it leaves and goes and get another one. Yeah, sure. So yeah. I've always just, from the time I was little, just thought, oh no, death doesn't worry me because yeah. our body's just a shell to carry around our soul. Yes, okay. Yes. So when our soul leaves, yes. our, our body's nothing. Yes. You know? it's, just, yeah. it's just a vessel. It's a, a vessel. Sort of thing. I'd forgotten. So years ago, my daughter was only a baby and I started researching our family, my dad's family tree. Sure. And I'd forgotten my dad's parents, when my dad was young, my dad's parents, um, his grandmother, so my my grandfather's mother lived with them. Okay, yeah. She used to have, when she was elderly, she used to have this little cane table. Yeah. And she used they she used to hold seances. My really? dad and my grandma would tell me this story. Um, in the house with a few lo- a tiny community, in a few local people had come because it was still sort of taboo back then. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this table would tap out messages. Really? And she'd have these seances in this and she'd ask this table things and it would tap out messages. And my pop and my grandma used to say, when Pop walked into the room, it would tap out, there's a non believer and it would stop. Really? Wow. And I never, and we always used to just sort of laugh about it yeah. and think it was quite funny. And my dad always said, you know, it was kind of spooky. Well, when she passed away before I was born, yeah. um, my pop took the table out the back and chopped it up and burnt it because really? they were scared of it. Yeah, sure. So when I was doing my family tree, um, weird stuff started happening at the house, just random things like lights would turn on and off kids toys would start up in the middle of the night the printer would come on and wow. print nothing yeah and i thought i was going crazy yeah, oh my course. god my daughter was one i think and i thought i've got postnatal depression and i'm i need to be locked up for a while i think <laughs> like this is just yeah, yeah. spinning yeah, me out because wow. i wasn't a believer but i wasn't a skeptic either yeah, i was of course. just neutral yeah like, yeah of course just, yeah, just like it is what it is all yeah. That. yeah and my husband was quite a skeptic mm-hmm. at the time and then one night I was laying in bed and, and our bedroom was down the end of the hallway. Brand new house. Brand new house. Yeah. Um, on a property. And our kids' rooms were up the hallway and the doors were all open. And I woke up and I could hear – and my husband woke up and we could hear this child crying. Really? I thought, that sounds muffled. It sounded muffled. It sounded like it was through a door. And all our kids' doors were open so he could hear them. And I, he would get up to go check on our daughter and yeah. it stopped. So then he'd get back into bed and then it'd start again. And he'd, he'd, he could hear it, so he would get up to check on our daughter and then as soon as he put a foot on the floor, it would stop. Really? So then it started again. I said, I'll go. And I got up yep. and it didn't stop. Wow. And I walked all the way to her room and it wasn't her and it was coming from outside the house. No. And it was at that point that I said, you heard that, didn't you? And he said, yeah, yeah. And I, that was at that point that I went, I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah, something's going on. Some, something, some yeah. weird shit's going on. Um, found We lived an hour from any town then. We were really quite rural, remote. 
found this lady in a town an hour away who was a medium, sent her an email and she said, she sent back, oh, by the way, she said, you're a medium. She said, and there's someone with a H name that's trying to contact you to let you know that this is what you need to do. Wow. H name, H H name. Then when I was looking at the family tree, my great-grandmother who had the table, her name was Henrietta. Oh, no. No, come on. (laughs) That's freaky, isn't it? How do you know this? Did you just look up, you know, something? Yeah, yeah. And she said, I said, what do I do about it? You know, it's driving us nuts. And she said, well, you you have two options. You can turn it off or you can develop it. And I thought, huh. See what happens. Yeah, let's, let's let's ride this roller coaster. Yeah. So then I started attending um, some like development workshops and yeah. and I am I'm a normal person. Sure. Sort yeah. of. Uh, like I'm not a hippie. <laughs> I like you said sort of. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just a, an average normal mum with a job sure. and grounded and normal. Um, yeah. So I started developing it and then went from there. So I I was doing readings for people. Um, had quite a successful business before we really? moved here. I used to oh, read cool. for people. Um, obviously, started for for years yeah, doing yeah. it for free because yeah, of course. just it you was, wanted to. to I do. wanted to help people, yeah, and um, then I started getting really, really busy with it. And I was doing up to ten readings a day, and really? I, so I had to start charging people yeah, a course, small yeah, amount for it. Mm. Yeah, and then um, sort of developed from there i went and studied reiki so i can i'm a reiki practitioner which okay. i'm a big believer in energy okay. everyone has energy Everything so that's what that is energy. sorry that's what yeah that, yeah yep. okay. so it's energy healing so. energy healing okay yeah i'm a little bit oblivious i'm a little bit yeah. I, i'm not too sure but yeah. i don't i mean when i say not too sure like i don't really know anything about that yeah so that's so that's what that is is that's it energy healing energy so, healing yep. yeah and, the, and aligning all our energies in our auras yeah and sure stuff. so i studied that um, became a practitioner in that. How did you find that? I love it. Yeah. It's good. I don't do it on myself and I don't really practice anymore. Yeah, that sure. was okay. before we moved yeah, um, okay. up here. But yeah. I still love it. And I yeah. still yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Really like it. Yeah. And how long how so how did you how did you just decide that I, or was it because you just the movement, you're just like, oh you know what? I just got busier. Yeah, okay. I, I went and did midwifery. So yeah. like I was okay, studying yeah, full time yeah. and I was working full time and the kids were racing speedway yeah. motorbikes. Oh, really? Um, oh, good on them. Every weekend and my husband and my father-in-law. So we were, you know, I just got busy. Yeah. And it can be quite draining. Yeah, oh, of course I could imagine. Look, yeah. I mean, with anything, I guess on that same scale, like dealing with that sort of stuff as well, I'm sure that that's got its own emotional attachments to it and all this sort yeah. of stuff that you're going through and the things that you're receiving and feeling and I had to learn sure to turn it off. Yeah. It'd um, be intense. Especially in the old hospital that yeah, I worked at. Okay. I had to learn to turn it off because, yeah. you know, you would get you would feel them and feel you'd feel them watching and you and you know, you'd hear things and that's un- that's intense. Yeah. Yeah. I get and asked that stuff all the time, mate. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um I love hearing that stuff. You know, seeing what people's, see if people have felt that Difference. sort of stuff or seen that yeah, stuff. Yeah, things. yeah. Uh, look, I, it's the same. Look, you could say the same thing about religion, and you could say the same thing about stuff like that. Where, you know, like people, people are skeptical about religion. Hmm. You know, yeah. and um, you know, but the same thing. Like I said to people who ask me that stuff, 
I'm like, I, I can't judge. I've never, I don't know which, well, for starters, I, I couldn't tell you which religion's right. Yeah. <laughs> they all believe, that, a lot of them believe they're all the one, the right, they're the right religion. And no one else is the right one. And But unless you've experienced it yourself, uh, how are you to know? So That's I can't, exactly right. I can't say that they're wrong or right. I, but I'm open to that what they believe in and, and I hope to think that there's something other out there and I'd like yep. to think that, you know, when when my time comes that I'm going somewhere afterwards or, yeah. you know, that I still have that ability to maybe watch over my family or protect my family, all these sort of things that haunt give me some – haunt Yeah, like, you know, if that guy still owes me 20 bucks, yeah. I'm going to haunt him. <laughs> some poltergeist that really <laughs> Yeah, is. that's right. Yeah, yeah I'm going to slam the door on him during the night or something, you know, like raise the curtains. But, you know, like um, – and and it gives you some of your own sort of reassurances and some sort of comforting in that because like myself I've never been one that's been scared of death I'm not scared of death in itself no. the thing I'm scared of I'm scared of leaving my family behind yeah same that's the thing yep. I'm scared of it's not the fact of me actually dying no it's the fact that I'm that the people I'm leaving behind yeah and I think that's what I in your job yes that's what I would find the most confronting is the sadness of the people. It is. That are left behind. It is because like I was saying to you before about especially things like suicide and stuff mm. like that, if you could just give those people a, a, a bloody glass ball and show them and go, hey, look, this is what's going to happen to yeah. your family if yep. you go and do something, you do silly, something silly. silly like that. Yeah. Even in your darkest time. And I'm not one to judge people that, with the stuff that they're feeling and experiencing and yeah. stuff like that. Look, everyone goes through that sort of stuff at some point in their life. They might experience those sort mm. of things and they have those dark thoughts and stuff. But if there was just that... If you just show, show them, them what they're going to hey, leave. Th this is what... Yeah. If you were to leave this world tomorrow, this is the impact that you're going to yeah. have on these people for the rest of your life. And, and then... Whether that would change. Whether them. it would make the difference or not. And the thing is too, like... As much as sometimes that people do see that, even people later on end up um, the same thing happening. You go, you know what it's like because the experience. You were the one that got left behind. Yeah. You know the feelings that has the things that happened. You know, yeah. you know, and then you go and do it yourself, knowing that that's what your family is going to go through now. Yeah. So you know. Um, uh, you know, yeah, I wish you could have a crystal ball to show people that. Yeah. You know, but. Um, yeah. And no. then and then they come back to people like me and pass on messages that they're sorry yeah. they did it. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's, that's it, yeah. And look, I can, and look, I can see, I can see that, I can see that why people need that. I can see uh, that people turn to those people that are able to do those and things. And sad in it, any industry that there are fakes and there are people oh, that will take yeah, advantage yeah, yeah. of that. Oh, that's with anything. Yeah. Anything that you do in this world. Yeah. You've got you've got people selling snake oil. Yeah. It is what, yeah. it, is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. And de deciphering the person who's the truth and not, I mean, I, I look, I, I, I couldn't tell you. But, yeah. um, but you know, if that, if that brings a source of comfort to someone, that they and go closure. and closure, yeah. I'm all for it. That's what that, and that's why I did it. Mm. And that's yeah, just to help people. Yeah. Um, some people find it in religion. Some people find it in medium. Some people find it in, some people find it in a bottle of a 
bottle of gin yeah. or something. I, and I, you know, it depends what it is. But you know, I, I think if that gives people that sense of closure, why not? Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And I don't, I don't read for people as such yeah, yeah, anymore. Sure. But I still get messages and I still pass them along. Yeah, yeah. That, so hey, good on you. I've acquired yeah. um, a friend of a friend who has yeah. become my friend. She lost her son, a yeah, teen- sure. teenage boy. And he comes through quite regularly now yeah, yeah. with stuff that no one would know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, And I know it's him because yes. he takes my vision away and my mm. hearing and it's like a whooshing sound for yeah. about 10 seconds and wow. he'll show me things. Wow. And the things that he shows me and then I'll go, yes, that was for her. Yeah. And I'll message her and say, you know, uh, he showed me such and such today. Does that? make any sense to you yeah, and yeah. then she'll she will message back or like yes yeah. this is what he used to call me this song just came on the radio yeah. or with reference to what i've been showed that i wouldn't yeah. know and that so when you when you sh- when you text when you text her that stuff that's you literally just texting her what you see exactly what i see yeah don't yep. pass just, anything you don't, pass, don't, don't try to make try your own assumption of it, it. yeah you so just the way what, they the thing i had to learn is they give me when spirit communicates with me, they've made me sort of like a dictionary. Yeah, okay. So it could be random yep. things like a yep. balloon to me will signify, you know, a birthday or a white rose will signify a death. Mm-hmm. So they've built up this way of showing me things that mean certain things to different people. I'll feel, um, say if they had a heart attack, then I yeah. feel pain in the chest and I'll go, this person had a heart attack. Or um, bowel cancer or stomach cancer, yeah. I will feel physically feel wow. that and go. You know, I've got Bob here, and he's telling me he died of bowel cancer. Yeah. And um, wow. I and I and so I practice it by evidence. Yes. I won't just give general information. Like yeah, I sure. would not not just say, "Oh, I've got your grandfather here, and he was a lovely man," and yeah, you know. Okay. I say to them, you need to give me something that only this person would recognise. Yeah, sure. You know, it's funny uh, the way I look at it, and I guess this could probably be one way in itself. I wonder if like, you know, as as we evolve later on down the track, as we adapt and then we change, you know, the human species itself has changed so much yeah. over, the, over the thousands of years. Adaptation. Yeah, adaptation. You know, maybe you could look at it in the sense of the way that we receive what we receive these days. It could be similar to that of like Morse code, you know, and then later on down the track as we evolve, we might evolve into like that wireless radio system where we have more frequent, easier form of contact Mm -hmm. to a point where now one day we might have a telephone conversation. You know what I mean? Like as it evolves. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as we become more in tune and as we become more adaptive and everything and all the elements line up and we evolve and maybe one day that might be the case. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe we're at that Moore's Coast state at the moment. <laughs> I don't think I'm special. I don't think I have yeah, a gift. Sure. I think everybody has the ability that, to do it. I look. I totally agree with you. That was and that but was some purely. Some people just close it off. Oh look, yeah, I totally agree with you in that point. That's that's that was pretty much my argument from the start. Was like whether you're in tune to it or not, whether you're willing to accept it, is whether that's that, yeah. and that's what I think everyone has the ability to do certain things. I think it's just whether you are willing to accept it or not. Yeah. Mm. And then that led me down a whole other path of researching 
and studying the soul's evolution. So like oh, as really? a soul. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now they're the only readings I do now for people yeah, pretty sure. much um, where people pay me to do them. Yeah, and I've sure. done thousands of those for people all over the world. Um, they're online. So is it's, it, it's a whole different. Is it really? Is it concept. so? Is it one's own soul that you're reading? Is that what it is? Or is it souls that you can be in contact with? Is that so what? So I read what's called the Akashic or Akashic Records, which yeah, is sure. like the book of life. Okay. So every thought, every action, every single thing a, a soul has done, not, mm-hmm. not us, my soul, your okay. soul. Okay. Yeah, sure. Is stored in this energy base. Yeah. So lifetimes. So it believes in. Uh, the belief is, focuses around reincarnation. Okay, so sure. So that yep. the soul is everlasting and yep. then we come back every 200 years or so mm-hmm. into a new body to experience and learn new things. Sure. And then we die and then we sure. do that again until uh, we learn and evolve as a yeah, right. being, whatever yeah. it's called. That's cool. I like that sort of concept with things like that, hey. Mm. I, uh, do you Are you more yourself, do you run your own personal beliefs? Do you sort of go down that sort of path in – in what you believe or do you sort of follow a religious path in that or is that a religion? I never, I always felt a longing to be part of a, um, to follow a religion, you know, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever fit. Yeah. And I always, you know, always, I believe that, I believe in there's something higher. Yes. But probably not mainstream religions. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, I believe that. I believe in reincarnation and I believe mm-hmm. that the soul is everlasting and then we're here to learn lessons yes. and life lessons and we experience things as a soul that we bring different qualities to this life. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I do believe um, is that we're all part of a soul family Yes. so that, you know, there could be a bunch of souls. So souls or sp- spirit, souls, whatever you want to call them, um, have no sex and no no gender or anything yeah. like that on the other side. It's just a soul. It's a soul, yeah. But you still have unique qualities mm-hmm. that each time you come to, to a human life, yes. you bring those qualities with you. And there's a group of five to 15 maybe that all agree to come together every single lifetime. But every single lifetime they've got this contract to come together, but every single lifetime could be – in a different relationship. So, you know, like my dad in this lifetime, in the last lifetime, could have been my brother and in the next oh, lifetime yeah, okay, sure. his soul and I could meet as business partners yeah, or whatever. Sure. But we've oh, all agreed to meet, meet at that point. Every lifetime. Wow. And that's like a soul family. That's yeah. just my belief. Have you ever had that sort of feeling where you feel like Yeah, of course. You've you you yeah. you've you've had this you've been at this point before in your life or like, or that you've done, you've experienced this point in your life or it's something like I've had that a couple of times where, you know, when you meet somebody, yeah, and you it's think, like, yeah, oh, I, I feel like I've known them this. forever. Yeah. 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 That's, that that's is, that feeling. Yeah. That is like, yeah, that connection as mm-hmm. a soul before you came here in this human body. Oh, and, and I reckon also too, it's, you could probably say the same thing. You know, when you meet someone, you just gel. Everything's yeah. just like, it's because you've met and, before. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, like I met one of these guys last week uh, on a trip, and we just hit it. Like we just hit it. Yeah. And it was great. You know, top bloke, and we just it was like we'd it's like we'd known each other for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a good well, way to look at have. it. Because we have. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's unreal. And no, we don't remember. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And could you say the same for that deja vu and all that sort of stuff as well? I guess. You guess I have deja vu all the time. I get bad for that. Yeah, it's but I never – I don't understand it. I don't – No, neither do I. Well, I don't know if it's because I'm re- I quite – I'm usually – I repeat myself quite a lot in a lot of things I do anyway. So it might be just more of a case of I did it last week. <laughs> I just – you know yeah. what I mean? Like I did exactly the same – I went exactly the same yeah. – did exactly the same thing. It usually happens at random times, but like you're completely, completely sit down out of blue. I've sat here and done this before. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's yeah. I'll have to do a bit of research on that one because I, I I'm one for getting a lot of deja. I do that quite a lot. And, and then someone said to me, I was listening to something the other day. Is it deja vu, or is it a premonition? And I was like, mm, yeah. Oh, like you knew you were going to do that. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. You're looking at the other side of the. Spun me out a bit. Looking at the other side of the thing. That makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. Never even thought of that. So I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Mm. So um, that was awesome. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Hey, nice. I, I, I love that sort of stuff. Um, I look, I'm really open to that sort of stuff. I love hearing that. And I love talking to people about that. And I love giving the other other opportunity for people to hear that stuff. Yeah, because that stuff excites me. I love that. Yeah, you know I mean, um, and I yeah. don't, and I, I don't usually share that with a lot of oh, people. Look, but yeah. now, I pre- who listen to this or no, <laughs> but um, and I used to be ashamed of it yeah. and embarrassed, and I would never tell anybody. But now I own it because I'm unique and it's me and. People don't like it. I so don't what? Care. Yeah. Uh, good on you. <laughs> no, I look, I, that maybe comes with age. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, a bit of age. And also, too, like, we're in this lifestyle, we're in this, we're in this world now where, you know, why, 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 what, what's it? You know, it's more open now than ever, really, isn't it? You know, yeah, might as well. People are more open with this sort of stuff. Why not? I always have lived by the belief that, and I've always said, you know, made comments to my kids, well, if he's different, Everyone yeah. can't be the same because if everyone was the same, how boring would it be? Yeah. Well, everyone you, needs to embrace their uniqueness. A hundred percent. And also too, I think it's a good it's a good way to do it for your children and stuff as well. Yeah. To show that you're open with it and that yeah, you know, you're not you're happy to be yourself, open with yourself about that and you know, give the opportunity for your children to do the same as well yeah. and be proud of who they are and what yeah, they believe. Not just follow the flock. Yeah, of course, definitely. I think so. No, well, thank you so much for sharing that Thanks with us today. Me. No, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Now, with every guest that comes on, we give them their own cool. coffin nameplate. <laughs> so, I mean, you probably know that now. <laughs> but I've, I've listened done, to most of them. You've listened to most of them. So here you go, Jay. This is your own coffin awesome. plate. Thank you. So as you can see, like it is on the thing there, that's where it would go on the, on on the, the coffin. coffin. Um, find somewhere to put it. Yeah. I don't know. No one's really gotten back to me on where they've put them yet. Yeah. I keep telling them to put it on the bed head, but. <laughs> I'll put it, I've got, I've got buckle holders for all our bucking bull hey, radio buckles. That's I'm cool. I'm going to put it up with that. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. that's awesome. Now, well, if you do it, send us a photo. Yeah, I will. I'd love to. That's cool. Love to see it. So. Thanks for that. I appreciate that heaps. Uh, we be, we had been coming to and fro and uh, over a couple of weeks to get it done. And I really uh, wanted you to take your time and let us know some of those stories because it was really cool and unique. Now everyone knows I'm table. a weirdo. No, not at all. I reckon that's sick. Yeah. If anything, a lot of people will probably, you know, might you might bring out a lot of other people that might be open to it. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? 
might get the people to go. Hopefully they've inspired people That's to uh, inspire. be unique, That's be it. weird. And be themselves. Yeah. Why not? Uh, thank you to everyone that's uh, tuned in and listened and uh, uh, good luck with your um, thank you with your bodybuilding competition coming up. Yep. And uh, if you have any other interesting things happen to you, happen to you please feel free to reach know. out yeah, <laughs> and share some of your stories and whatnot. So uh, well, thank you to everyone. We'll, uh, and thank you, Jody, once again, and we'll catch up soon. Eh? Cool. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you. See ya.